Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Big changes in the DeFilippo household this week, Brian. Uh huh. I'm sure you could tell if you've looked at my Instagram at all. <laughs> Hard to miss. Hard to miss. Yes, I have a new puppy named Dino. I didn't go with Pebbles because uh, he's more of a Dino than a Pebbles. I, I kind of wish you would have because, you know, it's just more fuel to the fire. I know. I really, I, I wanted him to be a Pebbles, but like... You're if you, trans dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you ever watch the Flintstones and when Fred comes home and Dino just jumps on him and starts licking his face, that's this dog. <laughs> completely and right. i'm like uh and he even kind of looks like dino he's a rottweiler doberman mix okay it's uh 12 weeks old 12 weeks old if you've ever had a 12 week old puppy they're just energy poop and razor sharp teeth that's all it is i've got all of that except for the razor sharp teeth yeah they're blunt but they still hurt yeah this one's this one's kind of broken too he's got separate like mad separation anxiety because i'm like his fifth home in three weeks poor little guy so I leave the room, he wails like you would not believe. So it's going to take a lot of work to get through this one, which means it's hard to go to the grocery store. So I've been relying on Amazon Fresh again. Oh, okay. dear. I mean, <laughs> I remember a couple of shows ago, I started talking about them when I'm like, oh, I can get my dog food from them for four forty instead of $7 at the grocery store. I'm like, oh, pays for itself. I'm in. Well, turns out they jacked up the price on me by over a buck. Bastards. Oh no! As soon as as soon as they hook you in, they start jacking up the price. It went from four forty four to five sixty two. Damn it! That's the way this all works, man. I'm that's uh, that's you. the that's the basic business model of of cable TV. Yeah, we'll give you a year cheap, and then sorry, we're raising your prices. I know, and uh, but it's still cheaper than the seven bucks, so I'm sticking with it. And they've got like a fifty percent hit rate. It's 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 really <laughs> comical. Like you know, people are dropping off these groceries that are just like you know you could tell they're on their way home from work, <laughs> and. Uh, it was interesting yesterday because I got a delivery. Uh, I got a you know a pretty substantial delivery. The guy dropped off a bunch of bags. I signed for it because there was some wine in there because I can't go to the grocery store because of the crazy dog. I get it in the house. I unpack it, and then I get to the last bag, and I open it up, and this giant box of family-sized Rice Krispies. I'm like, I didn't order any Rice Krispies. And I start looking through. Oh, they gave me somebody else's bag. So I call Amazon. I'm like, okay, tell the guy to turn around, come back, pick it up. No, no, you know, no fuss, no muss. I call up. Amazon tech support or Amazon fresh support. They're apparently different. I guess this snarky, very tired kid who was just like, Amazon fresh support. What can I do for you? I'm like, oh, your driver (laughs) just left the wrong bag for somebody else. And uh, you want to just have him come back and pick it up? He's like, sir, you have two options. You can keep the bag and use what's inside of it, or you can recycle it. We do not have a way to contact our drivers. I'm like, uh, of course you don't. <laughs> you're Amazon. How could you not be able to contact your drivers? I just went through the thing where the guy scanned my driver's license. I signed for it. So he's got an app. He's got an app for that. Why doesn't he have an app that you could just go, hey, turn around and go get the groceries that you just dropped off, you idiot. And uh, nope, no way, shape or form can you get in touch with them. So I have a big box of families, some families groceries who are probably very sad because there's like pancake mix and blueberry muffin mix and syrup and basically the fixings for a pretty fine breakfast if you're into that kind of thing. And it's all mine now. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well done, Amazon. Well done, Amazon. So, hey, if you like free stuff, go to Amazon Fresh <laughs> because that family, 
got credit for the stuff that wasn't delivered. Plus, they got a bunch of bonus credit for the mix-up, so they're going to get some free delivery extras. Right now, using Amazon Fresh, since it's such a fuster cluck, you can get tons of free stuff. So I highly recommend checking it out. <laughs> I've used them twice, and both times they just didn't deliver some of the things that I had put in there. So uh, I, I'm not a big fan. Okay. I've, been, I've been on the losing end of this. Okay. I mean, they didn't deliver one of my bags. Well, the time they didn't deliver my bag, which was the important bag because it had all the beer and wine in it, uh, I called them up. I'm like, I can I have my stuff? And they're like, sorry, you got to reorder it. We'll give you a refund and a $10 credit for the delivery, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I can't remember if I told this on the show, but like an hour later, the driver snuck back onto my porch and left the bag, didn't touch the doorbell, and then skedaddled off. <laughs> So I got all the refund, I got uh, the credit, and I still got my beer and wine. That's why I'm like a big fan of Fresh right now, because I just get all this free stuff. That sounds good for you. Yeah. And on the on the other side, though, uh, I'm on the puppy diet. So if you've ever had a puppy, they're a handful. And uh, I've lost five pounds since Sunday afternoon. Well done. Like solid, solid weight loss, not like water weight <laughs> or anything like that. This is running your ass off crazy stuff. So it's fun. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. You sound tired. I am very tired. <laughs> All right, let's get on to some more follow-up. What do you got? All right, well, this is a, a little hat tip to Anthony Rossback over on Twitter, who who basically got beat us to the story. Uh, we had it in our notes, but uh, he tweeted almost immediately after our last episode, where we talked a bit about uh, Walmart's kind of shenanigans, uh, about how they were, uh, you know, the trickling down, and, and look at that uh, that tax break and how it's helping everybody. With the super As he bonus. points out, well... <laughs> Yes, Walmart raised, uh, may have raised, uh, what's the $11? I don't remember what the $11. Oh, it was the nine minimum to 11. wage. They went from yeah. 9 to 11. So Walmart raised to 11, but they laid off thousands by closing a bunch of Sam Warehouse stores owned by Walmart the same day, and they did not tell the staff until they came in to find a note on the locked doors. Uh, that was the same day the White House press said, yay, Walmart. Um, so, yeah, there's also an article that we have in our show notes over at thinkprogress.org that kind of goes through the entire uh, debacle that's going on right now so yes uh you know in theory this uh this this tax break and what walmart decided to do was lauded by fox news and and, and the administration uh but nine thousand people did lose their jobs um and then there was more additional news that has come out since then according to business insider about 3500 co-managers will be laid off across the country at walmart now they will be replaced by new assistant manager positions, which will have lower salaries. The laid-off workers will be able to apply for these new jobs. They do not get them automatically. So you can apply to have your salary cut, if you'd like, over at Walmart. Uh, so how is that little $1,000 bonus coming? Is that helping out a lot? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you only get that, as we pointed out, if you've worked for the company for over 20 years. Most people haven't worked there that long. And this is actually on a sliding scale that they are not explaining how it works. So... You don't know exactly how much money you're going to be getting, but uh, if they, with the 2.1 million employees and the amount of money that they have pledged to kick back down, it averages out to an average bonus of $190 per employee. Woo. And this is just a one-time, one-time bonus. <laughs> oh, awesome. man. <laughs> now, on the flip side of that, there's news that came out about Apple and what they're doing with the ungodly sums of money that they already have and theoretically what they'll be getting through their new corporate uh, tax benefits. Um what will be happening is, whoop, I actually pasted something in the wrong place. Sorry about that. <laughs> I just confused myself. All right. What will be happening is uh, they are going to repatriate almost all of its $250 billion in overseas cash, create 2,000 
or 20,000 new U.S. jobs, open a new U.S. campus, and add $350 billion to the U.S. economy. So there, this is now being trumpeted as, hey, this, this is corporate tax cuts are great. Look at what Apple's doing. So we shall wait for the shoe to drop exactly. because it probably will. Now, you're this a genius. Exactly you're a genius. You're a genius. You're a genius. <laughs> Everybody's a genius. <laughs> yes. And then in two weeks, we're going to find out that uh, something really, really bad is going to occur with Apple as well. Well, hang on. Let me let me follow up on that for a second because I've been hearing all about this on talk talk radio, which I listen to in the mornings mm-hmm. here, and they were talking about how Chicago is going to bid on one of these spots for the new campus, and it's right. going like apparently when it starts, it's going to be like thousand to five thousand new jobs, and it's all phone tech support. That's all it is. Yes. So they're going to mm-hmm. Chicago's trying for that. We're trying for Amazon too, but who knows which which of the fives that we'll get? You know. But yeah, everybody's well, I've got a big story <laughs> about uh, I've got a big story about all these great new jobs that are coming later. So we'll get to that. OK. <laughs> yeah. But Apple did drop some other news this week. Uh, we talked about the intentional battery slowdowns that they've been doing because the older phones can't handle basically the new operating system and, and the speeds and everything. So in a in their mea culpa and, and, and they're, you know, trying to avoid being sued into oblivion. Right. Uh, they're going to a, a future update will allow a future iOS update will allow you to uh, turn off this battery battery throttling feature, which I guess is good, except for the fact that I'm assuming that they did it for a re- reason. Yeah. So are we <laughs> going to have some exploding iPhones now, along with the exploding uh, galaxies? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't. We have a new guest on the show. <laughs> Apparently we do. Okay. Oh, that's great. Hi, Dino, who should be named Pebbles, and I shall refer to you that way. Uh, I also have some follow-up on the Bird, which is uh, here in uh, Santa Monica. It's the these scooters that you can rent with your app. It's the the Uber of scooters. Um, San- it's a the city of Santa Monica is <laughs> The city of Santa Monica has filed complaints against the company because they don't have proper permits. Bird is saying that they have. That's still ongoing. I've talked about that before. Uh, but the city has basically said, you guys, uh, we're going to start going after the riders. Uh, at this point because you're breaking vehicle laws if you're riding this without a helmet if you're riding this intoxicated if you're leaving the scooter in the right of way if you're just dumping them on the sidewalk if you don't have a valid driver's license if all of these things that you know theoretically you you shouldn't be able to do they're going to start cracking down on it because everybody is doing those things here people are just going crazy with these things and we do have our first serious injury at least the first reported one so somebody a woman was riding a bird and she collided with a car and is in the hospital so well done, bird. All right. Was she wearing a helmet? Yes. Uh, no, ah, of course not. Well, she should get a ticket then as well. You think, see, now, in my opinion, bird should be supplying these. They should have like a little locked helmet on each of these things because, uh, you know, you're providing the scooter. You should provide the helmet. No, definitely. If you go on a Segway tour, they give you the helmet, too. Yep, exactly. Now, Brian, I found an interesting article over on Gizmodo. It's titled, How DNA Testing Botched My Family's Heritage, and Probably Yours Too. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. And it comes back to pretty much everything that we <laughs> said about the whole you know, 23andMe test, like how mine was all over the place and my dad's was all over the place. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. There are a couple quotes from this article that I thought were very telling and made a lot of sense. Uh, the first one is, they're not telling you where your DNA comes from in the past. They're telling you where on earth your DNA is from today. Which makes sense because everybody's self-reporting now, you know? Right. You can't really go back and get grandma's DNA because grandma's gone. So it's it's one of those things where it's interesting. Like, I never even thought about, like, you know, how the time scale works on it. Yeah, we don't have historical DNA records. 
Right. We're kind of the first, we're the test batch. So in the future, 100 years in the future, they're going to have great records. But for us, eh. And it's interesting, the second one was, if the messaging of consumer DNA companies more accurately reflected the science, though, it might be a lot less compelling. Spit in a tube and find out where on the planet it's statistically probable that you share ancestry with today. Which, yeah, yeah, that's not really a, <laughs> that's not really hot marketing. <laughs> no, it's not very interesting. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and another, another thing from this article. Now, Brian, this is a quick little aside here. Do you say all of mm-hmm. the sudden or all of a sudden? All of a sudden. See, that's the proper way to do it. And yes. in this article, it th- pulled me out of it because she says all of the sudden. And I, I, I don't know anybody that is basically, you know, over 30 that uses all of the sudden. I think it's got to be a kid thing. I didn't even know that was an option. That doesn't seem correct to me. I've, I've researched this before. Yeah, it is. It's apparently a thing. It's like I think kids, when they were hearing all of a sudden, they couldn't mm-hmm. process it. And they went with all of the sudden. It drives me crazy every time I hear it. There have been epic reddit threads about this apparently the variant all of the sudden was in print six years before shakespeare so it's been around a long time that's the thing it the has been around just bringing it back yeah it has been around but i've never heard anybody use it until recently like mm-hmm. in the past two years very strange now just because i'm an idiot and i love to give yeah. you and bittner things to make fun of me for i did not buy mm-hmm. any more chinese webcams no 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 mm-hmm. barrett reese uh, sent in a very funny comment on one of my Instagram posts when I, when we were trying to figure out what Dino is made of, because I know he's a mix, he's a Rottweiler mix, but we didn't know. So he put in this uh, Funny or Die video called Dog DNA. And did you get a chance to watch the video? What do you think, Jason? No, you did not. What's the what's the interest level that I have in your dog's DNA? None, but it's a Funny or Die <laughs> video. So, uh, But it's, a, it's a, basically this guy that's walking around, like basically the Silver Lake area. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a rescue. What kind is he? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, take the test. Take the test. And my friend, and I thought it was just a joke. Then my friend's like, well, get Dino tested. I'm like, it's a funnier die video. There's no doggy DNA testing. He's like, oh, yeah, there is. Of course there is. <laughs> of course there is. And of course you're going to do it. I've already bought it. It has arrived. I just have to figure out when I can swab his tiny little cheeks. Uh, the Wisdom Panel 3.0 Breed Identification DNA Test Kit. Has arrived from Amazon. It's like 75 bucks. Well worth it for the entertainment value we're going to get on this show. Because I bet he's going to come back that he's more Italian than I am. <laughs> well, you're going to be able to find out where on the planet it's statistically probable that uh, other dogs share his DNA. Exactly. Exactly. How exciting. So this will be fun. It'll be a couple of weeks till I get it back. But I got <laughs> keep an, All keep right, an eye out All right. New bounty, everybody. Not... Not only do I want you to go find Jason's DNA out on the dark web, now you go go get his dog's <laughs> my dog's DNA, too. <laughs> <laughs> and just a little follow-up on my DuckDuckGo experiment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck it. Went back to Google. <laughs> I had to. You it's DuckDuck went back to Google. Yes, okay. yes. DuckDuckGo <laughs> away because your results just aren't as good. I'm sorry. Because half the time I'm searching for a video or images, and their video and image search just isn't up to snuff. So... Yeah, well, Google's just way too far ahead with that, particularly the image search. The image search is fantastic. I use that almost daily. And the way to scope it for size is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, sorry, duck, duck, go, duck, duck, gone, daddy, gone. In the news. Brian, I have not heard more news about a single topic today than one single thing, and that is Amazon has changed their pricing on Amazon Prime. If, yep. if you turn on the TV or the radio, you could not get away from this. 
This was big news. This was big news. I thought maybe Trump tweeted out that his prime price had changed. But I went to Amazon.com and found the actual press release that they made on this. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Yes. The price of the monthly prime membership for new members increased from ten ninety nine to twelve ninety nine on January nineteenth, twenty eighteen. The price of the discounted Prime Student Monthly Plan for new signups increased from five forty nine to six forty nine on January nineteenth, twenty eighteen. Existing monthly Prime and Prime Student members will pay the new price for renewals happening after February eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Annual Prime members continue to pay $99. Annual Prime student members continue to pay $49. For more details about or to make changes to your membership, go to Manage Amazon Prime Membership. That's it. That is the entirety of mm-hmm. what Amazon said. And I have heard probably yep. three hours today on the fucking radio about Amazon's <laughs> Prime price changes. Come on. Look, uh, uh, technically, my Prime price is not changing at all. I'm a Prime member. I'll continue to pay $99. I've been paying $99. That's what it is. And why wouldn't you do the annual anyways? It is cheaper than doing it monthly. Low income. I don't low get income. It. This is where they screw the low income people because they, they can't, you know, they can't pay that whole 99 bucks in a chunk. So they get it right. in, for a month or two when they need it. And then they dump it and go back and forth probably. Well, look at me being a one percenter. There you go. You entitled fuck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bitcoin this week. Uh, what a crazy week for Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cryptocurrency bros are all crying in their milkshakes right now, aren't they? Oh, man. Yeah. It's been fun watching the justifications for this, like people trying to like talk about it. And, oh, God. It's, it's, don't, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's rigged. And it's a game. And again, uh, our, I think I think I can state for both of us the Grumpy Old Geek's official position on any cryptocurrency is treat this money like you're taking it to Vegas. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, it's it's just be prepared to lose it. If you don't care about losing it, then by all means, have fun. Yep, because it was funny. I was uh, talking to a friend of the show, Jeff Donaldson, about it because he threw in some money. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, because my, my pool from 300 bucks got up to 475 And I'm like, yeah, I think I might pull it out now because, you know, that's that's a car payment and an insurance payment right there. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a decent chunk of change. I could use that. And then I, you know, forgot about it and didn't do it. And then I woke up the next morning. And it was down to 280 bucks. I'm like, oh, guess I'm going to hold for a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of, I'm sitting there too. It's like, take it out? Why? I'm like $4 ahead. Yeah. So I'll just wait. Yeah, the transaction <laughs> fees will kill you at this point, so why even bother? Exactly. So I'm just going to let it ride and see if it goes. I, my thing is, if it gets up to 500 bucks, I'm going to pull it. But before that, I'm going to keep it. Just like your friend who was trying right. to get his up to 500 bucks. If it gets up to 500, I'll keep it. The only thing that's keeping me afloat is Ethereum. So Yeah, Ethereum's actually doing relatively well. That's the thing that's kept me above as well. So Yeah, so I just, I, I mean, I could... I didn't even want to, t- like, you know, slack any of my friends who I know have, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to poke that that lion today because I get some very grumpy replies. Yes. Well, speaking of grumpy people, YouTube has made a lot of people very angry oh, this week. Oh, so butthurt this week. Yes. All you people that think you were making money off your YouTube channel, it's going to make it's going to be a lot harder now as part of their process of trying to clean up their ad revenue sharing program and clean up YouTube in general. Uh, because of all the stupid idiots that are on there doing offensive content to get views. Uh, they are basically dumping everybody that doesn't make a lot of money. 
You don't get to be part of their program anymore. You don't get to generate ad dollars. Uh, you need to gener- uh, you need to generate 4,000 hours of watch time over a 12-month period and attract at least 1,000 subscribers. If you're below any of that, no money is for use, which is kind of bullshit. That's not what YouTube is about. You, the whole point was anybody could put stuff up to monetize, even if it's a small trickle, even if it's 100 bucks a month. Why not? You should be able to get paid. But YouTube has said, no, we will not deal with this anymore. Yeah, it's their platform. They can do what they want. It is their platform. But I'm good. my argument with this is it's getting hard to claim that they're just a platform because now they're making editorial decisions, aren't they? No, you can, you're still getting hosting for your video for free. Don't forget that. So you can put yeah, up any video I suppose you that's want. True. You know, it's not like it's, it's not a charity, but you know, the headache for them with all of the crap advertising going out there, you, a barrier to entry for somebody to have a, a much more robust platform with better views kind of makes sense for them. It's like, why are they going to you know have these lower level people that are going to be able to put ads on and you know just create an account, put some ads up that are you know or put some videos up that aren't really going to do much and pump and dump and move things around. It's got to be like, you know, swatting mosquitoes for them. So I can see why they would want bigger targets for them to police when they're trying to figure out who can put what ads where. Makes sense on a, from a business, you know, standpoint. It sucks for the little guys, but yes, it does. most of the people that are getting booted off of this, you know, the, the lower tier aren't making that much money anyway. Nope, they aren't. So, yeah, I'm, you know, cry me a river. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Well, part of this process involves the fact that Google, who own YouTube uh, and Facebook, have had a lot of problems over the last year because, uh, you know, people are just putting up stuff and, and there aren't enough people doing vetting. And what we've discovered, shocking, and what we've been screaming at them for a long time about is that uh, their AI... <laughs> Their AI uh, patrolling doesn't work that, the you know, the machine learning and all that sort of stuff, the automated algorithms going through trying to vet content is miserably bad, horribly bad. You know, we've talked about we have we have a Nazi problem on the Internet because <laughs> yeah. their algorithms cannot figure out who a Nazi is. So what they're doing is they're starting to hire on a ton of people. I think the entire island of the Philippines, from last I could tell, oh, at least, is, yeah. is already working for Facebook doing this. But uh, they're going to be hiring a lot more. So this is, again, being trumpeted as, look, we're getting all these new jobs. Uh, let's see. YouTube is going to be part. Uh, Google is hiring over 10,000 positions this year. Uh, that is basically all just people vetting content. Uh, Facebook announced in October that it was hiring a thousand more people to work on vetting and taking down problematic ads because they're in a lot of hot water for all that. They have now announced that it will be 3000 more in addition to that, uh, that they'll bring on by the end of this year. So, you know, people stopping all these crazy things that are being posted so a lot of a lot of real human eyeballs are being put on all the content going through these giant platforms now so yay lots of jobs boo these are incredibly shitty incredibly low-paid jobs well you know some people that just had shitty jobs that got fired from sam's club might be able to get a job (laughs) here it might be just a you know might be a horizontal move you might not be going vertically but it's a job well, they aren't even announcing technically if the jobs will be here in the U.S. They're just saying jobs at the moment. And as we know, a lot of this stuff goes overseas. Most of it does, yeah, especially for this content filtering stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, I found a few articles that are more big think articles that I really enjoyed. Uh, the Tyranny of the Internet is Forever over on Salon. This is a guy, Victor Mayer Schonenberg, who wrote a book called Delete, The Virtue of Forgetting in the Digital Age. Uh, this was a great article. Did you read this, Jason? I started to, but puppy. Yeah, I get it. Well, go back at some point. It just talks about something that you and I have, have 
thought about and wondered about and what we're doing, you know, like you have that app that I've now also used on Twitter that goes back and deletes any tweets that we made that are over X amount. How, how does that work again? Like X amount of days. Six months old or you, something you like that. X amount of days. Limit. Yeah, you set the time limit yep. or, or a number of tweets <laughs> that you always want to keep in rotation. Yeah. Well, this article goes into great detail about various case studies and different things that have happened for people that uh, have had digital traces left behind that don't necessarily reflect the person that they are anymore and how it destroys their life. Uh, So this is a lot about what are we going to do about these digital footprints? What are we going to do about all these breadcrumbs that we leave behind uh, when we know, you know, 10 years, 15 years on, you're a completely different person, but you still have this past haunting you. And it's really interesting, gets really in-depth about it. I think I actually want to go and read this guy's whole book on this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. When I when I started to scan the article, it looked to me like the guy who was having the first issues was uh, it was about um but it was about a record that was a public record already that then just got digitized and put online and searchable. Mm-hmm. Right? So that it's, it's still a public record. You know, that's it's, what, that's, yeah, that's where it's it gets the ease a of finding exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's, where it gets dicey. That's that's the real yeah, it's the ease that we have these days of finding out all this stuff. It's it's not having to go. There's public record in that I have to go down to City Hall and pull records and look through it to find something. And then there's public record. I just typed it into Google. Exactly. Yeah. The the ease of access to information is a double edged sword for sure. Mm hmm. And uh, another interesting article that I saw, this is over in the UK, and as we always say, Europe is just so much more refined and civilized and ahead of the game here. (laughs) Yes, it is. The UK's Office of the Children's Commissioner uh, has basically come out and said that you need to stop letting your kids get on social media. You are putting your kids under significant emotional risk, which I kind of agree with. So this is a pretty interesting stand to be taking. We've, We've... there's articles upon articles upon articles that have been coming out and study upon study upon study that have been coming out about how maybe social media is not really so good for us. This is the first like real office, a governmental entity coming up and saying, hey, we got to knock this stuff off. Yeah. I mean, even the parents should get off social media, to be honest, but <laughs> you, can, you, can only, yeah, so they, yeah, you can only deal with the children. But I, I, I yeah, definitely think so. Get him off of there. Yeah, her name is uh, Anne Longfield, and she talks about how um, basically people, particularly younger children, start to follow things like celebrities or online celebrities, and then they're being exposed to unrealistic lifestyles, which we totally understand, that undermine children's self-worth. Uh, she particularly singles out Snapchat because they have a feature. Now, I'm not even aware of this because I'm not a kid. Uh, there's a streak feature in Snapchat that basically gamifies the hell out of things and gets kids to just go on and on and on and on and on and just never leave the system. So bad, bad stuff. Yep. Yep. It definitely is. I would, you know, if I had a kid, Mm. I would definitely not let them on social media. I can tell you right now, Dino's never getting on there. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's done. He's, he's got to share his, his big sister's account for now, but you know, that's how it goes. (laughs) I would like everybody to take a note of this and, uh, Please do note when Jason opens up another Instagram account just for the separate dogs. <laughs> Look, I've opened this fucking account up. Because we know it's coming. I opened this account up so you would shut up about dogs in my Instagram feed. The only reason that the new ones were on my my feed was because I it's a, such a pain to take the pictures and move around and do all that stuff. I just, I'm like, screw it. Here you go. Here's some dog photos. But I cut it. I'm done. There's no more on the feed. Just so you'll leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. What's what's this right. other big and think thing you found? There's another big think piece, and this is a stunningly long article, but well worth a read. This is all about uh, Alexa and Siri and all the various different controlled by voice items that are out there now and how they are not the greatest thing in the world. 
Um, I The one thing that I really took out of this is because I just can't let this go, and I know you can't either. Here's one paragraph I just want to read straight <laughs> up. When it comes to Alexa, the press shouts about AI, artificial intelligence. But to quote Mandy Patinkin, I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> I'm so mad that they used that instead of us. We should have had that one. I know. Artificial intelligence doesn't actually exist. What we call AI is actually machine technology that forces human beings to change their behaviors to suit the machine, which is the main crux of this article is talking about how we aren't (laughs) we aren't changing machines to help us. We are changing our behavior to talk to the machine. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yes, Yes, it is. So that's what this entire article gets into about how Google Maps and we don't we talk like Cortana wants us to talk. We don't talk the way that we do. We are forcing ourselves to act more like machines. Machines aren't getting more human. And it's really interesting. And the more you think about it, the truer it is. You don't I, I personally wasn't thinking about that. And then I realized, oh, my God. I'm totally changing my behavior. Mm-hmm. That's I, I'm not changing its behavior. It's not learning anything about me. It's learning how to teach me to be it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I, I mean, I hate to ramp or hound hound on the dog thing. See what I did there. Uh, you learn uh-huh. you learn early on in dog training that you have to prevent the dog from training you because you can easily fall into these traps where you're doing what the dog wants you to do and you're not thinking about it, but your life is easier. It's the same exact thing. Alexa yep. and Siri are definitely training us. And uh, I found myself this morning trying to figure out how to tell Siri to do something. And I, it, I'm just, I gave up. I'm like, just go away. <laughs> There's just some <laughs> things that I'm just like, just give me, yeah. hand me my phone. I was just, I was in the bathroom and I couldn't reach the phone from where my, from my, my current perch as it were. <laughs> so I was trying to get it's a, it's a tough, tough life over <laughs> there in your house, man. I haven't trained the dogs to go get my <laughs> phone yet, but uh, yeah, I was, so I was trying to get Siri to play something for me and no, that doesn't work. Right. Oh man. And uh, I found one this morning. That's pretty interesting. Uh, remember payola back in the day, Brian, you're old enough to remember payola. I do. I, I miss those those heady days of the music industry where the cocaine flowed like wine. Yes, well, you should get into tech journalism because it's apparently coming back with a with a bang. Uh, and mm, yeah, we knew this was happening. The, this is an article in the outline uh, covering some of the uh, news outlets that are getting paid to paid to play. Basically, there are PR firms who are contacting these uh, stringers who write articles for Forbes and because nobody has staff anymore. You can you and I can go write for Forbes. It's that it's ridiculous now. So it's like, and we'd we'd make just about as much money as we do with this podcast. Well, you'd probably make more money if you went in the went <laughs> well, the more now. route. Yeah. So uh, yeah, mentioning hey. Forbes will cost twelve hundred bucks. Inc. Magazine's eleven hundred. Entrepreneur costs nine hundred. And poor Huffington Post is only five hundred dollars. <laughs> so. Well, uh, look, it isn't just these these bigger players. You 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 and I through the Grumpy Old Geeks email, we get two or three of these a week where people are like basically basically telling us. Here's a story. Yeah. We'll pay you. Of course, they'll only pay us like five bucks. But my favorites are the one where, hey, I heard you have amazing guests on your podcast. Would you like to have my author come on? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Robo-call. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ups and doodads. So, Brian, last week we talked about a little Star Wars action on the show. Mm-hmm. See? We sure yeah. did. And you know what? Pretty favorable feedback, I got to say. <laughs> Pretty much, I haven't heard. I mean, we have had a few, a few that we'll talk about later, probably in in feedback. But for for the most part, everybody seemed to be on on board with us with our. I think so. Our take, which is you know, phew. <laughs> I was worried about that one, 
Big time. Oh, you were? Yes. Look, ah, come on. Who cares? If somebody disagrees with our thoughts about The Last Jedi, we've called, we've called the president of this country horrible things, and we don't worry about the any anything from that. Oh, we used to, but now, now we now zero fucks given. Well, now every, almost everybody's on exactly. board with us there, too. We were, so. Yes, we were pioneers there, too. Um, <laughs> so anyway, before I saw The Last Jedi, I had gotten into playing a little Battlefront 2 on my X-Bone. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. I even I was even like hitting you up on Slack. I'm like, man, you should try this. This is pretty cool. <laughs> I know, I know. If there was like, if I had just happened to have a gaming system sit around, unfortunately, I don't. Like, well, I do. It's the Wii. I don't think Battlefront Two is going to no. come out for the Wii. <laughs> no, so. it's not. Uh, it's tempting. It looks great. If, uh, but the initial investment uh, involved for me to get this going and the reality that I'll be trying to sell an Xbox online in six months is keeping me away. okay. Uh, but it's, I mean, yeah, the graphics are beautiful. It's fun playing as the Empire. But in, you know, in one of the cutscenes, I got to play as Luke Skywalker, which was really fun. Got to whip around a lightsaber mm-hmm. for a while, squash some bugs. Now, were you young, virile, uh, happy Luke Skywalker, or were you grumpy old geek Luke Skywalker who'd given up on the Force? I was middle-aged Skywalker. This was in, in between. <laughs> so. Okay. This is after, because, yeah, this is after Return of the Jedi, where this takes place. Mm. All right. But it's. I mean, it's just a fun game because I haven't it, uh, Battlefront. The original one was multiplayer. I bought it. I got all set up and I was ready to go. And then I'm just like, it's only multiplayer. I don't like starting off a game that's only multiplayer. There's some training stuff, but then you jump right into it. And people have been playing this thing for years. And it's like, oh, I'm just gonna get my ass handed to me over and over again. I like standalone games personally with stories. That's my job. Right. So Battlefront 2 has that. So it's really nice. And I was just, I was having a blast with it. I, I, I can't say enough about it. I'm just having fun. I can't do it right now, but soon I'll get back into it when uh, I have calm between the storms because it, it's a really nice, I played it because I was sick I played it for like five hours and it was really nice to get back into a game. I got to say, cause just everything kind of disappeared and I was just into it and learning how to play again. It was, it was really fun. Okay. <sighs> so that's I'm just saying, if you ever get some extra money. <laughs> it's, it, the money is not the issue it's the the time and the motivation okay <laughs> now i have i have some uh <laughs> i don't want to call this journalism because i'd like to call it focused googling on my part right so my friend Jeannie cool uh posted a link on her facebook page that was titled app creates contracts for one night stands to prove sex is consensual all right yes i saw this this made the rounds this is everywhere. okay so it didn't smell right to me so i went and dug deeper and i followed the trail to the quote-unquote app and i got to legalfling.io and mm-hmm. it says right there get explicit about sexual consent secured in the blockchain this showcase is powered by livecontracts.io mm-hmm. as soon as i heard blockchain yep um i'm, I'm on yep. it. i'm on that one so <laughs> to get to livecontracts.io it's a company called legal things one now, legal things one, I, I'm looking around. Oh, guess what it is? It's a fucking pre-sale for an ICO. What? Yep. So this whole app is what? Just like a, an, an ad to get you to an ICO? You got to buy the tokens to create the contracts, which then you can use in the uh, app to prove consensual sex. Gotcha. Oh, talk about a long haul for a little payoff. But uh, as we're recording this now, the pre-sale ends in 22 hours and 45 minutes. So... We won't be able to talk about this till next week to see what happens, but I want to keep an eye on this because it's, okay. it's just feels like a massive scam to mm. me because there is no app. There's nothing there. There are some very clever right. press releases going on about this. 
But right. there's literally, yes. it's just like cryptocurrency. There's nothing there. No, there's nothing there. Good times. Well, net neutrality. We are still in a wasteland of who the hell knows what's going to happen. Uh, but if you want to check and see if, you're, uh, if your providers are, are screwing you and throttling you, uh, there's an app for that now. Okay. There's actually been apps for a while, but I just thought I'd talk about this because I think it's interesting. And you should be checking to see what's going on with your, your various streaming services and your service providers. Uh, there's an app called Weehee. Weehee. This is the new. This is the new one. It tests streaming speeds of seven popular apps, including YouTube, Amazon, NBC Sports, Netflix, Skype, Spotify, and Vimeo, and tell you which of them are being artificially slowed down by your internet provider, which is pretty cool. This is available for Android. Unfortunately, it is not available for iOS, and Apple didn't really say why. They say that the developer. They told the developer it has no direct benefits to the user. I see lots of benefits to this. Okay. Yes, I do too. <laughs> so you, you can't use that one. They do have, there's another one called Uniprobe, which stands for Open Observatory of Network Interference. Rolls off the tongue. So this is part part of the Tor project. It's been around since early 2017. Uh, this is available for iOS and uh, Android. So I would suggest checking this out and seeing what's going on. See if anybody is violating your net neutrality rights. In Interesting. You know what I have noticed a very big uptick in? And this could just be a, a, you know, just a bias now because I see more commercials on TV and I may have just not noticed it before. Because now that I have Xfinity Stream, I'm watching actual TV and you have to skip the commercials. But um, I've seen a lot of zero rating plays going on out there. And that's the one where you get free bandwidth for a service if you sign up for another service. Right. T-Mobile. There's a lot of that. T-Mobile was the first big one. So, yeah, I've seen it for uh, Hulu and I've seen it for Netflix so far. And yeah, I've seen the Netflix one. I can't remember who it was with, but sign up and get free Netflix for yeah, a year. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, no data, no data cap. You know, no data caps. Yeah, so yeah, that's all zero rating. That that's not the same as the you know the rollback of net neutrality. That's just the the lax rules on zero zero rating. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I wish I'd had TV before so I could tell if it was before or after. You know this announcement, but I just got it, so it feels like to me, just looking at it as an observer. That, oh, my God, now it's everywhere. But it could have been there before, and I just missed it. No, I think you're right. It's everywhere now. It's certainly ramped up. All right. Well, I guess Xfinity Stream is zero rated. Now that I think about it, you know what? My I looked at my uh, data cap or my data usage for this month so far, and I'm only at mm-hmm. like 300 gig, which and this is the 19th. For me, I'm usually pushing like 800 gig at this point, and I'm watching right. a ton, a ton of streaming TV now. In HD, which I leave mm-hmm. on all day to, you know, just have noise in the house. And my my right. my uh, usage hasn't gone up at all because the TV's through Xfinity. Huh. Interesting. Right. Oh, I just I just thought about that. Oh, epiphanies are us today on Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> Media Candy. Brian, last week you talked about a new show called Somebody Feed Phil and how I had to watch the trailer yes. because it looked like it was going to be a happy show. Yes. I have watched them all, and I, I, I am yes. very happy to report that show is awesome. Isn't it, though? It just feels good. Yeah, this guy might not be the, the best food critic on the planet, but I tell you what, not about that. his smile is infectious. I'm just happy watching it. I was so mad when they were over because I'm like, aw. Well, you can go back and see the original show that he did, which was very similar. That was on PBS. I think it's on Netflix as well. So you should take a look for that. 
Okay, if you can, dig up the link and put it in the show notes, and I'll send it out to everybody. Because, man, Somebody Feed Phil made me very, very happy. I really, really enjoyed it. Yes, it's very good. We're trying to parcel it out over here at our house because um, we don't want it to end. So we've we've already... There's unfortunately only six episodes. Uh, But there will be doing more. I've heard that he's already started to shoot some more of them. So I cannot wait. It's just... He has a love of life that is just so endearing. Um, he, I could watch him do anything, but it's great, great because he has such a joy for food that he's doing this. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I hope I don't even care if it's manufactured for TV. He does such a good job of it. I can't tell. You know, it, so. it's not. It's not. He's actually been a guest. The reason I first found out about his first show in the first place was he was a recurring guest on the Adam Carolla podcast for a while. And I think Adam had to have him stop coming in because he's too damn happy. That this, this <laughs> that is who he sense. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Adam cannot have happy on his show. No. <laughs> well, speaking of things that aren't that happy, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams has hit Amazon Prime. Uh, I started to watch it. I mean, this has been out already, I think, uh, over in Europe. So it's not new. Yeah. And some people have seen it already, but I, this is the first run for me. I'm about seven of them in. They're hit or miss. They're definitely hit or miss. Pretty mixed reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I really never needed to see a Brian Cranston sex scene. I'm just going to leave that one there. That was, yeah, that was not good. Um, uh, something broke there. Uh, it was just my brain, breaking brain. They should have called that episode. But so far, I mean, they're a little lighter than Black Mirror. But I mean, this is old Philip K. Dick stuff. So, I mean, this is like, you know, sci-fi canon from the old days. And now are they all interesting based on Philip K. Dick actual stories or is yeah, it just kind of story. an inspirational? Oh, okay, cool. They named That's the story good. that it's based on at the beginning of the episode. So all you right. can tell which one it is. So if you've read it, you probably know it. Okay. Uh, there, there are a couple that I found really engaging that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And there was one, I think it was episode six that I really enjoyed, but the, the ending was kind of too heavy handed and kind of bummed me out. But so far, I mean, it's a it's a thing. I put them on when I'm kind of playing Battle Royale <laughs> and keep them on in the background. So I don't get too into it and too depressed. But production quality is good. Casting is amazing. I mean, they've got tons of A-listers on there. Steve Buscemi's right. even in one. All right. And Sookie from that stupid vampire show, True Blood. True yeah, Blood. She was on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, look, I, I'm into sci-fi anthologies i love that i mean i love the old twilight zone i love twilight zone when they brought it back i liked uh the x-files aspect of it when they didn't do the you know overarching storyline and they just it was an anthology that was great i should go watch this it's amazon it's prime it's i'm a prime member it's free for me maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go i'll give it a go why not oh and you just mentioned x-files mm-hmm. you got it i'm telling you right now go no. watch episode three no. That's it. That's all no. you have to watch. No. See, I'm not interested then. I I, I I, want the main story to wrap itself up. That's all I care about with the X-Files anymore. Oh, because episode three was such a perfect throwback to the old ones. No. And even Mulder mentions it when they're going to this town to investigate. He's like, let's get back to our bread and butter. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it was perfect. It was a perfectly executed episode. The rest of them, eh, forget about it. All right. So let's talk for a second about Star Trek Discovery, because yes. you, you mentioned the parallel universe thing, and I finally mm-hmm. got caught up. And just mm-hmm. so everybody knows, we're a week behind, because we're recording on Fridays, it airs on Sundays, so we're we're back to episode 11, I believe, what I'm talking about now. But I see what they're go- doing with the parallel universe thing, and it is exactly what I predicted at the beginning of the show, before 
you know, the whole thing happened. As soon as they introduced the spore drive, I predicted exactly what's happening now. And yeah, it's, I get yeah. what they're doing with it. I totally get it. And I know how they're going to wrap it. So yep. I'm not that I excited to watch both it. both do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you oh, know, I, I'm not thrilled with the plot. It's nice to have Star Trek on TV. Uh, I I will stick with that. I I do wish again, like I said, I say this every time we talk about Discovery. I'm watching Star Trek Voyager off of Netflix uh, late at night uh, as kind of like my my go to get get myself relaxed and go to bed thing. I miss that aspect of Star Trek. I miss the feel good anthology esque almost, uh, you know, one episode wraps up, uh, doesn't carry over to the next really all that often. uh, Just pleasant, happy uh moral tales i miss that this doesn't have that but it looks damn good <laughs> yeah it looks really good but yeah like i and and like when you mentioned voyager i gotta say go watch the orville because it's nope. it's damn good and i cannot wait for it to come back i am really looking forward to the orville <laughs> coming back even though i'm the one that crapped on it as when we first came into it i'm like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen what do they yeah. think they are star trek and well actually yeah they do yes. and it's <laughs> and it's working it's winning right so uh, some follow up from last week. I put some Murder City Devils in the show notes for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you want to go hear what I was talking about last week, they were I mean, they were only active from like 97 to 2001. They were a very short lived band, but I right. uh, put some links to their Spotify albums and one track on YouTube. So check them out if you like some meaty rock and roll punk rock, you know, inspired <laughs> stuff. It's good. I love them. I love them. Yeah, I listened to the single. It was really good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, since we talked about music last week and we got such good feedback about it, I did want to mention uh, some other things. One of my favorite bands of all time, uh, Eels, are back with a new album um, called The Dis- Deconstruction. And the single is also called The Construction as well, so title track. It's really good. It's uh, I kind of lost touch with the Eels for a few years, uh, and he's kind of back to his bread and butter sound. So I really enjoyed it. It's a great song if you ever liked the Eels in the first place. I've never heard like the Eels. I've never heard the eels. What are they like? What, what uh, I'm the, sure you heard Novocaine for the soul. Uh, they're alt rock, basically straight up okay. alt rock. I think you'd really enjoy them. Actually, go back and listen to their first couple albums on Spotify. They're the best. I shall do that. Yes, get right on. And that. Uh, the let's feel old music segment. I found a <laughs> link uh, called 13 Great Albums That Will Turn 30 This Year" from the site ILikeYourOldStuff.com, which is kind of funny. Oh, I love that. Um, so the Pixies, Surfa Rosa, is turning 30 this year. The oh, Church of Starfish, me. which is one of my favorite albums of all time, is turning 30. Jane's Addiction's Nothing Shocking, 30 years old. Sonic Youth, Daydream Nation, Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. U2's Rattle and Hum is uh, 30. Mm. Metallica and Justice for All. The Go-Betweens, <laughs> 16 Lovers Lame. And somehow, I don't know how this made this onto this list. Roxette, look sharp. <laughs> Yeah, one of these things. One thing is not like the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then related to that, uh, just because I some you know the Facebook algorithm then had to throw this up to me. Forty years of goth, essential albums from the genre's beginnings, and I agree with almost all of this. this is uh, from postpunk.com, which is a great website. Uh, if you're into goth music or just want to experience uh, the music that Brian grew up listening to, this is it. Almost all forty of these albums are fantastic. 
I listen to the music that Brian grew up with because I grew up with it too. So I'll pass on this list, but I will you, probably go look anyway because you will look at it because yeah. curiosity will get you there. And two of my favorite alt bands from the '90s, Ned's Atomic Dustbin and The Wonder Stuff. They have already talked about them because they're doing a co-headlining tour mm-hmm. uh, in the UK in March and April. Sadly, not coming to the US. Uh, but they have announced that they've. Uh, partnered up with Froth Blowers Brewery Company to launch their own limited edition ale, Ned's Wonder. I would great like to name. have this beer. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, it is a good name, although I do wonder why they didn't end up going with uh, Atomic Wonder. I think that might have been a little bit better. I think Atomic Stuff. Oh, Atomic Stuff is good, too. Yeah. Maybe we should make our own. Okay. <laughs> I will see if slender, I can get you slender grumpy. Well, get some slender grumpy beer. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can get you a six pack of this uh, for the Twitter bet, but I'm going to have to see how much it will cost to ship it from the UK. Okay, okay. I, I will take I will take that if you can find it. All right. At the library. I have not read a book in over a month now. The reason I have not read a book is because with my limited amount of free time, I have taken a course on Coursera.org from the University of Michigan, Data Science Ethics. How's that going? uh, I've finished ahead of time. Uh, I have thoughts. (laughs) I have lots of thoughts. Are they ethical Um, thoughts? They are ethical thoughts. The first is I, I really enjoy the subject matter. Obviously, I mean, I took this primarily because... We talk about this sort of stuff all the time on our podcast. I took it because I work in the technology industry and data and big data is becoming more and more important. It is fascinating to me. So it was interesting to get into the ethical ramifications of it. The caveat is, of course, there are no laws and there's rarely right answers, but it's just what we think. And in particular, when you take a course, it's obviously what your professor feels and what he thinks. Uh, so for the most part, I agreed with him about where he was going with with all of his thoughts on what is ethical and what isn't with data science. Sometimes I didn't necessarily. Uh, but it was a good course. I'm glad I took it. Now, this is the first course I've ever taken online. That's an interesting process. <laughs> okay. Tell, um, do tell. Brian, do tell. I, there are some aspects I like. I like the fact that I could basically do it on my own t- on my own time. Now, obviously, you have deadlines and things have to be done uh, by certain dates. But I, I, I'm basically plowed through the whole thing in two and a half weeks. You're supposed to take four. I like the fact that I could just speed ahead and, and work at my own pace and get things done ahead of time. That was pretty cool. Um, I don't like the fact that the professor himself does not seem to be involved anymore. It's it's uh, teachers' aides that go in and like talk about your discussion questions for every every week and every segment and all that sort of stuff. I also hate the fact that it is very. It's like they all went to social media school. Like they can't just say, "Oh yeah, what you said is right." They have to go. Well, I see what you said, and I see why you think it's right, but have you thought about this completely unrelated thing that doesn't have anything to do with the question? And I'm like, are you just making a comment to make a fucking comment because you guys have been told that you have to make comments on everything? Can't you just go, yeah, that was right, moving on. But apparently they can't do that. Uh, The other thing that I can't stand is the final uh, is an essay, which I get, and it's peer review. Well, I don't want peer review. Yes, the, the, like the, the professor doesn't even go in and do it. It's peer review. So I haven't been able to finish my class because I finished it early. I have to review three other people's final essays and give them ratings on it. And I have to wait for them to do mine. So I don't know what my grade is yet. And I can't complete this damn thing because nobody else is catching up to me. Oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> so that aspect of online coursing, I don't care for. Um, but 
it was a great experience. I'm happy I did it. I'm looking forward to being able to put uh, my little certification on my LinkedIn account when I'm done. Uh, and I'm going to look for some other classes that are of interest. I mean, again, like I said, I'm really into big data and the ethical ramifications. And the joke I made with with some of my friends when I was out doing this was, this is actually going to make me even less hire- hireable because who wants somebody that's going to sit there and say, hey, ethically, ethically, you shouldn't be doing that. Exactly. Way to go. <laughs> I'm never getting a job at Amazon or Facebook now, much less your, Uber. This is your career in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, pretty Let's much. Do everything that we can to be unhireable. <laughs> yeah. So there you are. So I'm done with that. And I've got a book in the pipeline. I'm going to take a break. I'm actually, in terms of coursework, I'm going to actually go back and get my certification for Google Analytics. I don't know why. I never finished it, but I'll just get the certification because why not? So why not? that's my next That's <laughs> okay. my next school thing. And uh, I'm going to actually start reading books again, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah. Yeah. We, I need you back on the books for sure. Yes, I know. Unfortunately, I didn't read a book this week either. Um, I did get one in the mail from the old Amazon it's Alfred's Essentials of Music Theory, a complete oh, nice. self-study course for all musicians, a book plus two CDs. Mm-hmm. Now, what part of that sentence was problematic? The two CDs. Yes, exactly. You, you don't have a CD player anymore, do you? No, I don't. I do not have anything in this house that can play a CD. You can go uh, to Walmart and pick something up for 10 bucks, I think. Uh, well, I, I would like to get them ripped. But I, you know, the whole plan to get it ripped was I was going to go over to friend of the show MXV's house, watch the XTC documentary and rip them then. But in between them came dog. So I am stuck here with two plastic discs that if I squint really hard at, maybe I can see the music. But (laughs) (laughs) so uh, thanks to a friend of the show, uh, Trent Hamilton, for hooking me up with this book and some other stuff on on learning music and piano. And uh, as soon as I can, as soon as I get the CDs going... I will definitely get back into it because it looks fun. I mean, it looks like it's pretty much for everybody, uh, like flipping through it. A lot of works. I mean, you have to write in the book. It's like a workbook, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in a long time because, you know, most of this crap, it's like you read it, you forget it. This one, you actually have to write things out in the book and do all sorts of things, which looks fun. Right. You know, hey, music theory is really cool. It's it's I think you'll find it pretty interesting. Everybody's always told me that since I was a kid. And I'm like, eh, nah. And now that I'm, you know, I'm finally 46 years old and I'm like, hey, I, I should have listened to them. Maybe let's give it a shot because <laughs> it might be up my alley. I think it will be. I think you'll enjoy it. Security. Ha! Happy birthday to cha, you. Cha, cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha, cha, cha. Happy birthday, dear. Cyberwire, hosted by Dave Fittner. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. And many more. Thank you very much. Happy birthday to the Cyberwire. Yep, two years now. That's well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Who knew? Bravo! Shattering <laughs> of applause. I did a little bit of digging, and in two years, I've done over 1,200 interviews. Wow. Damn, yeah, I think I'd be better at it by now, but you know, it's still... no shit. I was gonna say, but practice does not wow. always make perfect. No, evidently not. But uh, thank goodness for somebody rode the short bus to interview thank class. Goodness, is all there's, I'm say. there's editing, yeah. So, and I've got good writers. So, no, we're we're ha- you know, time flies, and yeah. there's never a shortage of news. But uh, yeah, two years, two years of doing a daily. Uh, no small task. So thanks no. for the. Uh, no, it's, no, it's not. not. That's a lot of work. <laughs> we lasted two weeks doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody who listens. And, and you know, it's nice that we get so much cross-pollination between the two shows. We we see a lot on, as, as you all do, we see a lot of people saying they found us through you or they found you through us. So it's mm-hmm. really been a nice thing over the past couple of years. So Yes, it has. It's good. Yeah, it has. All right. Well, I want to start off this week uh, with a correction. Last week's show, uh, I sort of uh, offhandedly mentioned we had a story about um, some drone stuff that was the drone legislation where you couldn't uh, drone while drunk in New Jersey. And I offhandedly mentioned a story that I think I've mentioned at least once before here on the show about... um, I don't think you've mentioned it on the show because when you were saying it, I'm like... That's a terrible story. I've never heard that before. I should look into what, what's <laughs> okay. going on with this right, story. Well, perhaps not, but I'm sure our listeners will let us know <laughs> the exact episode if I did mention it, where it is. But um, So what I mentioned was a story of a groom being killed on his wedding day by a drone, basically having the drone cut his jugular accidentally. Um, and one of our listeners sent me a note on Twitter that said, oh, my gosh, that's quite a story. Can you point me to where the story is? And I, of course, said, well, of course I can do that. And so I went and looked it up and could not find it. Um, <laughs> it turns out I'm pretty sure it's a hoax. And mm-hmm. uh, it's enough of a hoax that Mythbusters actually did a segment on it. So it was a well-spread hoax. The, the thing I'm dealing with personally is that I have a specific sense memory of when I first heard about this story. You know how that happens to you sometimes where you're like, mm-hmm. I, I, so, um, so I guess I just fell for the hoax at the time uh, and then, you know, irresponsibly just started repeating it as you do. Um, right. I think where it came from is there is a video on YouTube that I put a link in, in here for where a groom does get whacked by a drone. And so I suspect that's probably what caused the hoax is someone took that video, came up with a different description of it, and off we go to the races. Um, mm. So I have a link in there to that video. I have a link in there to a little clip from the uh, Mythbusters thing. But uh, yeah, I just want to send out an apology and a mea culpa for putting out that wrong information. I do try to get it right, as we all do. And in this t- in this case, it uh, looks like I came up short. So thanks to that person on Twitter for uh, bringing it to my attention. And I'm glad we we're able to make it right. Yes. Great. Now we're going to be on Trump's fake podcast news <laughs> list next year. That's a Way badge to go, of honor, isn't it? We just uh, we wanted to throw out a little something for our listeners on the right. A little fake news. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, just keep everybody on their toes. All right. Now let's let's roll with that theme for a second here, because in in the chat on the GOG show Clash Royale oh, clan, somebody talked about this video of Twitter employees talking about all the crap that they do behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And so I I went on a I went on a hunt and I found it. And it's breaking. Hundreds of Twitter employees paid to view everything you post and private sex messages. Both in quotes. Well, <laughs> which uh, I love there's that. There's a lot of yeah. quotes going on here. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not that that's like, you know, a, a a very little snippet at the end about people looking at dick pics to take them out. Um so it's a Twitter, but in the middle of it, a Twitter engineer answers the question that you guys have been talking about if anything is ever deleted. Yes. So I'm like, okay. And he says no. And I'm like, okay, good. Let me uh, let me follow this on. And I originally found the video from uh, Steve Rombaum's Twitter feed, mm-hmm. who I love Steve Rombaum, but on this one, I'm afraid, Steve, you're a little off because <laughs> the video comes from James O'Keefe, who, if you guys don't know who that is... Uh, uh, look him up. He's a total scumbag. Yeah. Project um, Veritas is which, the organization. Yes. Project Veritas. Yes. Exactly. And he's got a new book out. Yes. But he is known for taking videos surreptitiously and editing them 
to Helen back to to prove his point. Yeah, whatever that may <laughs> yeah, be. Remember yeah, remember the, the Acorn video was the the first one that really came out yeah. about this guy. Well, he also got uh, caught trying to fool some. I believe it was Washington Post reporters who didn't yes. take didn't take the bait. Yeah. Yes, he did. So anything coming from this guy is immediately suspect. Having said all that, however, we have often discussed <laughs> what happens when employees get God access. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. we do not trust people. Of course they're looking at everything. Of course they're looking through your private uh, DMs. Of course they're doing all that. You get a bunch of, like, 22-year-olds, you give them God access, you'd think they're not checking out the hot chick's account? Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. As we talked about at once yeah. before, you know, my friend who used to work in the parking lot photo mat, uh, they had a drawer full of uh, duplicates. They called their Who's Your Daddy folder. And so this is not this is not, uh, you know, just for the this is not age, just a digital you know? phenomenon. Exactly. Yeah. This is a, this is a, something as old as time. <laughs> so somebody somewhere has a like a like, you know, Sanskrit right. tablets stuck in a drawer exactly. somewhere. Carved on a stone wall somewhere. It was a copy. Of- exactly. A tale as old as time. Right. Your selfies yeah. and the dicks. <laughs> Yeah. The other thing that struck me about this uh, is the the irony of this video complaining about violations of privacy when the video (laughs) is entirely made up of secret unauthorized recordings of people. Yes. This does not escape me. Um, And also, I think there's so much what I characterize as bar bravado, which is if you're in a bar and someone's drinking and you ask them to basically brag about themselves and their capabilities. They will. Uh, They will. And so I don't count that as reliable testimony. There's some interesting little things in here, but boy, do you have to take it all with a grain of salt. And as Jason said, I wouldn't trust this guy as far as I could kick him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that. Just to your point about getting people drunk in bars and talking about themselves, in Steve Rombaum's tweet, he's like, that's private investigator 101. (laughs) You know, that really is. You find your mark, you get them drunk and let them talk. That's PI 101. Yeah. Yeah, that does not so, always create valuable and useful information. So uh, that needs to be kept in mind. Yeah, and unfortunately, I'd bought the guy's book before I, you know, did my research on him because I'm like, oh, this may, might be an interesting book. And then I did the research, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> oops. Fortunately for me, Audible has a return policy, so I clicked bought book by mistake, got my money back. <laughs> oh, good for you. Right. Good, well done. Uh, no money for you, James O'Keefe. <laughs> Scummy scums a lot. <laughs> Scummy McScumface, that's what we'll call him. The internet has deemed it so. I, I saw this come across my, my table this week. BitTorrent users beware. Flawless hackers control your computer. And this is a flaw in the transmission app for Macintosh for downloading BitTorrents, or as I like to call it, my day trip to yeah, Sweden. Visiting Sweden, yes. Yes. Uh, and what it does is it's kind of a this uh, weird DNS attack, but it's only if you have a certain set of tools turned on so you can remote access your transmission account from somewhere mm, else right. and it's that part that has the flaws and just not the app itself so uh this was I, a couple of friends sent this to me but if you don't turn that stuff on you're fine kind of an edge case so yeah it's a very big edge right. case so in transmission developers said they're working on a fix but uh not very specific about it because it's a distributed open source team yes transmission is free and open source so but just just don't turn that on and you're fine yes. yeah are you guys familiar with Jason's Deli? Do you have any Jason's Delis around where you are? Uh, my kitchen, baby. 
Yeah, yes, uh, no, I don't think that that's a. Uh, they're not here in California. I don't believe. Okay, so. we will. This this caught my eye out of self interest because the Jason's Deli that is uh, a stone's throw from my house is actually on the list of ones that were breached. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all right, we have a new. Would you like a pastrami and <laughs> yeah. we, we have we have quite the cyber hunt going uh, on on the dark web right now. We have Jason's DNA, soon to have Jason's dog's DNA, mm-hmm. and now Papa Bittner's credit card. There you go. All right. So, all right. Well, Jason's Deli is a chain of delis, a uh, popular place. Uh, I forget how many states they're in, at least 20. They're, so, you know, they're, they're all over the place. And uh, this week they announced on their website that they verified what had been uh, suspected since late last year that um, uh, they had a major breach. Uh, up to 2 million unique payment card numbers wow. have been impacted. Um, so that's a lot. <laughs> it, it's it's a lot, and and you know the usual stuff: name, um, user, you know, every, everything you would need to to uh, to uh, yeah. compromise someone's credit card. And so they they know this because the card showed up on the dark web for sale. So if you've uh, had anything to eat at a Jason's Deli and you used a card in the past six months or so. Uh, be on your lookout for false charges on your credit card. And you may want to, if you want to be proactive, you may want to uh, go and get that number changed. Um, actually, I, this reminds me, a, a friend of mine I uh, was talking with uh, earlier last week was saying that he has a thing activated with his credit card where basically anytime anything is charged on his credit card, he gets a text message. That's pretty handy. Yeah. I have that with my Amex. It, it works with my Amex. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not a bad idea. No. I, see if my card's that's how that. I actually caught... I actually caught a guy on a Virgin America flight ordering cocktails <laughs> using my Amex. And the, I called them, and the, I'm like, uh, Virgin America just tried to charge uh, some cocktails on my card, and uh, I'm in my living room. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. New cards on the way. It seems like it probably wouldn't rise to nuisance level. I suppose, you know, you have things on auto charge if you're automatically paying your electric bill or your mortgage or something like that. You'd you'd get those, but those are things you want to get. Those are reassuring that you know you do that. So if just put that out there, if your credit card company allows you to do that, I think that's a pretty good one to to activate. I agree. And Amex Amex lets me do it with uh, only with... You can do it with all transactions or card not present transactions. Ah. So I just have it for card not present yeah, transactions. Yeah, yeah. That's that's smart. Good. Yeah, which works very well. And the interesting thing is, the Virgin America one came back as a card not present transaction. So I'm like, how did they do that? That's kind of crafty. <laughs> right. That you can because you usually have to swipe the card. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, and I just love how since the Jason's Deli hack came through a POS system. Which is the most appropriately named piece of technology in the last twenty years? Yeah. Yep. No, I've got to say, <laughs> yeah, they're they're bad here. We got to take a page from Canada. They have little handheld things that they bring around. There's no more POS terminals. Uh, it's fantastic. Right. It's so much better. So they got to get on that. Now, this next story, Jason. Uh, obviously, I put in for you. Because of the three of us. Of course, Brian's back, so let's talk about <laughs> tech we can fuck. Because of the three of us, there would be one that would be potentially at risk here, except for the VR aspect, because we both hate VR. So if you've signed up for uh, Sin VR, which is a virtual re- reality adult app, uh, apparently the 20,000 people that did sign up for it uh, may have their, uh, their todgers out in the wind a little bit. Um, <laughs> London-based cybersecurity firm backdoor. I love digital it. interruption <laughs> found a hidden backdoor. This is like some sexy talk mm. for a security story. Keep talking. Uh, which allowed hackers to access members' usernames and email addresses. It did not let them get into payment information, which is nice. However, as we all know, uh, there are some things that potentially you may sign up for on the internet that you probably don't want people knowing that you've signed up for. Or maybe it's a good idea because if you're doing your porn in VR, 
DVR, you might want your people that live in the house, family members, roommates to know that they could be walking in on you at some point. <laughs> that's right. I don't yeah. think that's a good <laughs> idea. I don't know that. A, yeah, putting a blindfold, basically a blindfold on yourself while you're, uh, you know, doing that, I, that's asking for yeah, trouble, put the old right? Sock on the door. <laughs> Let's see, so I can't hear anything and I can't see anything. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, I can't hear, can't hear, can't see, and I'm furiously wanking. I swear oh, to God, go if wrong? Jason yeah. borrows my haptic gloves again, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> well, and you start walking around. Next thing you know, you're outside. You're walking. Down on the street you know <laughs> boy i didn't think i'd have to get in a car to get to this chick's house in this game wow this is so realistic it feels like i'm actually driving <laughs> oh, what's the problem officer oh you're not wearing pants sir oh oh okay anyways but in the game i uh, am you see so <laughs> yeah Right. All right. So something that went viral this week is Google's new. Uh, well, it's not new. The Google's art, Google Art and Culture app has been around for a long time, but it has claimed the number one spot uh, in the app download store this week uh, because of one specific feature. Uh, they basically you would take a selfie and then they would match it against all the various different pieces of, of artwork that they have in their database and throw back the you know, basically match you match your selfie to a famous painting and people have been posting these left, right, and center <laughs> and all over the place. So as seen on social media immediately. So what are the terms of service on that Google arts and culture thing? Is everybody now in the NSA facial recognition <laughs> database? Uh, the short answer is no. They do have TOS that says that this stuff isn't being stored or saved anywhere. But then again, <laughs> as we all know, nothing is ever deleted and everything is stored. So, <laughs> Okay, question. Have you guys tried this? I did. I have not. I can't figure out how to do it. I've got the app, and I cannot find the button in the app to do it. It is buried. I, it took me a I couple could, minutes yeah. to scroll down and find it. I'll tell you offline. So, but, okay, but you think my God. it's going viral, and they didn't put a big yeah. button front and center, or even throw it up on like the the little homepage of the app where they have like cool new features. It's not there. They buried it. It's crazy. I've searched many, many, <laughs> many crappy BuzzFeed and. In Gadget and Gizmodo articles, and everybody talks about it, but nobody says how to fucking do it, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> All right, I'll walk you through it, Jason, because, you know, you, you've, no, you're, you're no, an you internet professional. <laughs> I'm sure you would never be able to find it yourself. Time is The time has passed now. I had really great mess. Like, you know, you get a puppy, you don't shower for four days, and you have really crazy... Nick Nolte hair, you know, in his his mugshot. I was I was rocking the Nick Nolte. I was ready for my I was ready for the spotlight, Mister Deville. But no, I could not find the button. So Google misses out on on bad hair day. <laughs> well, I have a very similar story. So that's a very nice uh, segue, Jason. You complaining about the UI? Uh, <laughs> remember uh, just a couple days ago when Ho everybody in Hawaii thought they were going to die for about thirty eight minutes. Yeah, good. Good times. Oh, yeah. Good times. Yeah, except for the guy that was playing golf, who, who's the winner of the whole day. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the problem seems to be the UI on their menu for their system. Uh, now, the, every story said somebody hit the wrong button. That is not the case. Uh, did you take a look at the screenshot of the <laughs> menu that these people use to send these alarms? Yes. It is a 1991 <laughs> HTML 1.0 disgusting mess of stupidity that isn't organized in any way shape or form that one can figure out how this has never been redesigned how they don't have a better system is ultimately totally beyond me now i know this is more a ui thing than say a security thing but if these kinds of systems are built with such bad ui how have we not seen more of this and how will we not continue <laughs> to see more of this 
And then, of course, the next thing that was then discussed is how easy are these things to hack? And apparently not that difficult. Yeah. I mean, this is this is designed by engineer. You <laughs> yep. know, we've done it. We suck at it. We know it. But until there's a budget for a designer, you're going to get shit like this. Well, yeah, a couple things. First of all, you'd think a message like this, there would be a, do you mean to send? <laughs> yes. You know, just, just uh, some yes. sort of, At least yeah, do you actually mean to scare an entire state and, <laughs> and make them think that they're going to die? Considering I can't delete my, my trash on my desktop without multiple confirmations, right. you would think they would have that. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing, there's an animated GIF making the rounds about, uh, with a, sort of a, a funny behind the scenes of this, where the person is about to click on the correct button, and at the last minute, an ad pops up that makes the whole interface shift down <laughs> a little bit, and he clicks the wrong one, and you can see him go, oh, no, no, no! <laughs> that's, that's making we, the rounds, and that's, that's yeah. We laugh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a good one. A um, couple other things about this one. Uh, there's been some photos making the rounds uh, that uh, the folks here stick their passwords on sticky notes on their computers and the... I in saw the that. ...control <laughs> center. And, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's bad, but... Um, <laughs> it, you know, on the other hand, it depends on your threat model, blah, 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 blah. You know, it might not be as bad as it seems, but not generally not a good idea. Um, and then no. the other one I saw, again, um, for Jason, um, did you guys see the stats from Pornhub about this? No. Yeah, so no. there's a story making the rounds, and I can't believe that I'm the one bringing this to the show. There's a story. <laughs> Pornhub published a graph that showed how we've ruined you. I know. At the moment, <laughs> Papa Bucket Chicka Pow Pow Bit. At the moment that the alert went out, the usage of their platform plummeted. Right, as everyone thought they were going to die. But then, when the when the message went out that all was clear, <laughs> the usage skyrocketed because everyone needed to. <laughs> Release, release the tension, the tension as it were and the stress yes yes absolutely so uh that's making the rounds uh, so the missiles were actually launched at some point oh, very good. luckily very porn good. hub's navigation is much more straightforward than this alert system so everybody was able to take care of the problem quickly yeah i just just, I just something i just love that story because it absolutely makes 100 percent sense you know <laughs> it is a it's a human uh human behavior in a yes nutshell. it is human nature so that's out there that graph is making the rounds so check it out and uh, well, on that note, gentlemen. Yeah, this has been a stressful show. I've got to go take care of something. you guys finish yeah. up the show, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go uh, publish. Yes, I would like to finish if you guys would yeah. let me. Uh, I'm going to go publish that. the CyberWire, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Until right. next week. Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers this week. Thank you very much to Andrew M., Chris C., and Maddie's K. And Maddie's K wrote in a bunch of times, but this is the one that really stuck out to me. Yo, don't know if you saw this, but Toggle, Toggle with no E, of course, made of a course. game about startups. And it's a startup simulator. And I played it. I played it for a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, apparently I cannot win in startups in the real world and I cannot win in the virtual world either. It's all rigged. You can't do That's it. Right. You can't do That's it. right. That's right. But it was, a, it was a cute game. Check it out. Yep. Also, uh, thanks to Dobby Wanglass who wrote in as well. Uh, oh boy. 
Hey guys, really liked your talk about episode 8, and I agree with most sentiments except regarding the Force abilities. I'll explain a little more in detail on my YouTube channel. Same as my screen name. I'll send a link to the specific episode if you like, but the takeaway from that part is that I'm a big fan of all the books, and after watching episode 7, I mentally partitioned the new trilogy as fan fiction, and to me, the canon will always be the novels. Okay, now we start to get... We go deep down the Jedi rabbit hole here, so... Thanks for writing. Uh, if you guys, if anybody wants to check this out, we'll have his YouTube link in in our show notes. Uh, he gets super deep into it, so he is a. You're into Star Wars and not thrilled, and, and you're saying to hell with it. I reject. I reject Disney's, Disney's reality, and I create my own. Exactly, is which is basically that's, that in a nutshell. So I, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I glazed over when I got to Yuzhan Vong, and I'm like, I don't no. no. <laughs> No, I've seen some movies. That's about it. <laughs> All right. Next up comes from John H. You two have fun commenting on the product names on Amazon, and I never realized how long and descriptive they really were until I picked up a cheap computer mouse. <laughs> Hang on. <sighs> I got to take a breath for this one. Yes. The Vixing upgrade full size 2.4G wireless mouse optical. My six buttons nano receiver, 18 month battery life, 2400 DPI five adjustment levels for laptop. PC computer and MacBook, dark black. <laughs> Guess it makes it easier to find what you want without having to read the details on the product. Uh, John, John, you win. Yeah, I would like to officially proclaim the Grumpy Old Geeks Amazon Maxim now, which is the cheaper the product, the longer the title. Oh, yes. We'll call, right? this, we'll call this Brian's Law. Brian's Law. Yeah, and right. cheap, cheap as in quality, not not yes, so much. That's price. what I meant. Yeah, yes. it's, it's not so much. It's the it's the one that you can buy that will fall apart the quickest has yes. the longest name. Yes, the yeah. longer so description, that's... the lower the quality. <laughs> they're they're an inverse exactly. ratio. Yes. Uh, also, thanks to Kate S, who says, "Congrats on reaching your goal of five hundred bucks a month. Enjoy a bit." Of Bitcoin humor. A boy asked his Bitcoin investing father for ten dollars. Father, nine dollars and eighty-two cents. What do you need ten dollars and eight cents for? <laughs> uh, uh, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, and yeah. And what's the difference between an average Bitcoin miner and an average plumber? An average plumber can at least solve a block. I didn't get that one because I'm not a plumber. I didn't get that one either. So. I don't. I don't know plumber humor. But and God knows I could never fix a pipe in my house. But I bet it's funny. The first one was great, though. I'm going to use that one. The first one one was really good. I like that. (laughs) Yes, thanks. Uh, And over on PayPal, we had a direct donation from Peter K. So thank you so much for that. Over on Facebook, Danny C. gives us five stars. My Mondays are more cheerful as I listen to the guys while I work. Entertaining, funny, and I can relate. Appreciate your time and keeping the episodes coming. Well, we'll we'll keep on keeping on. Trucking on. Yes, we will. (laughs) Yep. And over on Twitter, we had a couple different things. Uh going on so some highlights here john holbrook wrote us and said i got a laugh with how your latest show showed up on my truck stereo and he sent a picture of the last shit <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah just that's nice that's nice i like that's, that that's pretty yeah. good link will be I, in I the like show notes for that one for sure yeah and uh david j findlay wrote us as well he was complaining about the youtube thing that we discussed earlier so and sent a nice little middle finger that we could pass along to uh youtube for screwing people that don't make a lot of money and geek corner uk says uh is there a way to rate podcasts in your app i would really like to rate gog podcast without having to use itunes please well that's not how it works unfortunately overcast is just a player they pull in an rss feed and spit it back out but if you are using the overcast player please go in Next to the play button, there's a little star. Click on that mm-hmm. star. That keeps us up in the recommendation ratings. And we really want to beat uh, 
the ATP podcast, please, because it's just fun because Marco is the, you know, the head of the ATP podcast and he makes overcast. So it's just fun to be able to beat him on his own platform. But yeah, sorry, yeah. Geek Corner UK, you got to go to iTunes. So go to GOG.show slash iTunes and it should load up and you'll have to go through that rigmarole. We appreciate it. We really do. We do. And 6502 Chip wrote us, I loved your Last Jedi discussion. I hope Jason has Dave Bittner on Does It Have Legs in the future. I agree with your movie assessment, but I would have loved it anyway. It was fun. Hope to see more of that every once in a while. That's what I've been hearing. Everybody liked uh, Bittner being on the show more. So hmm. he's he's more than welcome to pop in every now and again, as long as we don't have to pay him. I know he's pricey. Exactly. He's pricey yeah. with that, those dulcet <laughs> tones of his that out dulcet yeah. my tones. I wonder where that woman is these days. I wonder if she still pines for you, Jason. Well, I doubt it because you're the one that made up the whole dulcet tones thing. She never said that. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Dom says, says, laugh so hard, Leia floating back into the spaceship, the Mary Poppins scene. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Dinkle said, uh, we are getting closer to the actual hashtag internet of shit and sent a link. Uh, Fart tracking pill spies on your gut. Gut gases. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. 650 Chip also writes back in, Bright is the type of movie I would have been perfectly happy to rent at the Corner Video Club back in 1986. It's good at what it is. I agree. It's exactly good at what it is. It is not war and peace. It is just a fun action movie. I just don't want, want what it is. That's the problem. Well, there. see, the thing is, you don't know what it is because you haven't seen it. So whatever. Uh-huh. All right. Over at iTunes, we did get a five-star rating from Beta Bucket. I think I recognize that name from your clan, Jason. Oh, really? Is Beta Bucket in the clan? Awesome. I believe so. I think I've seen that name swing by. Uh, entertaining and informative. Brian and Jason do a fantastic job every week of being both informative and hilarious. I look forward to Mondays just to find out who's to blame for this week's digital misadventures on my commute. Thank cool. you. Thank you. And uh, yes. just a quick bit of clan news over for our GOG show clan. Um, we're going to be doing purges every week. So, cause there's a lot of people that signed up and aren't playing and there's a lot of people that want to come in who are players. So if, uh, you check the clan news, if you're in there, because we're going to start, uh, kicking out the, the, the lazy bastards, all you lazy bastards, you get in the boot so that people can come in and want to play. I do like the fact that last week you bemoaned the fact that we were doing a review of a star Wars movie as the geekiest thing we've ever done on our show. And that you're talking about checking the clan news. I, I, and by the way, I stand not, by not, that, by the way. I totally stand by that. Not the clan you might be thinking of if you've come no, here no, definitely from Google. Not. Yes. Yeah, no, if you still think that my stuff's nerdier, go check out Dobie One Glass's uh, review of... <laughs> I'm sorry, I still went on that point. Yes. You do. I, I will give you that. <laughs> if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star snarky review. And as always, tell a friend. Closing shout outs. As you probably heard by now, uh, the Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan O'Riordan has uh, died. Sadly, this was on uh, last Monday when our podcast was first coming out. She died at the age of forty-six. We still don't have much news as to the cause, but my God, she had a voice, and uh, she will be missed. I felt like I got punched in the gut when I heard that. I really did too. I, I was driving around, and I looked at my phone, and I saw the news, and. It was just sad. I mean, uh, those first two to three albums of theirs are just phenomenal, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. And she was an amazing force of nature and just what a voice. And to to have somebody just a little bit older than me and younger than Jason pass away. She's the same sad. age as me. I'm 46. Very. Okay. Yeah. No, it was, it was a punch in the gut for a couple of reasons there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I was I was. And we did not mention her. 
We, we did, did not, not mention her on the show. This had nothing to do with us. Well, we did talk about their new album a little bit ago, but we didn't. No, we didn't go that down that route. <laughs> it's not our fault. Not our fault. But uh, it's just a shitty way to start 2018 because, man, I loved her so much. Yeah, me too. So there you go. Uh, until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 243. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.